Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. During the 400-year period when the kings ruled in Israel, God witnessed the hearts of his people drifting farther and farther away. And except for a very few exceptions, this degradation was led by the actual kings themselves. Idolatry, immorality, and general hardness of their hearts were the things that characterized this dark, dark period in the history of God's people. But actually, there's much that we can learn, even from the failures of those kings, Because as we have seen so often in this life study, the Old Testament is a book of types, of typology, and the New Testament is the fulfillment of those types. We will explore the New Testament fulfillment of the types shown to us by the kings in this final program in the life study of kings. And Ed Marks is with us again today. Great to have you back, Ed. I always enjoy our times together. Yeah, Chris, this will be a wonderful conclusion to First and Second Kings. And it's through the dark background of the king's failures that we can see some very positive points of God's economy, of how we can enjoy the Lord to maintain the Lord's testimony in this dark age. And as we've seen in uh, some of our recent programs, the kings of Israel, in a sense, of course, represent the kingship, which is an important item in God's New Testament economy. Also in the Old Testament history, at the time of the kings, we have the prophets being raised up. And of course, these ones were raised up somewhat to counter the degradation that was evident among the kings. So both of these things, the kingship and the prophets being raised up as a kind of a response by the Lord to the degradation will be important before the program's over today, won't they? Oh, yes, Chris, and this is just marvelous. In the Old Testament, you have the priests, the kings, and the prophets. Right. And there is a marvelous New Testament reality to this, you know, that we really need to be today's priests, kings, and prophets, but more particularly, when the priesthood and especially the kingship fails, that's when there's the need of prophets. And we'll see how all of us today, as believers, should be New Testament prophets, which is really a great light and will be a great help to us all. Ed, I wanted to pick a verse that would be appropriate for uh, this section of our final program today, and I came up with one that I recall fellowshipping about with you when we were in the life study of Jeremiah. It's not from the book of the Kings, but Jeremiah was one of those prophets that was raised up, and I think this verse in chapter 2, verse 13 of Jeremiah is very fitting to describe the overall condition and situation that had really engulfed God's people Israel at this time. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters to hew out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, which hold no water. I know this is a verse that you often quote, Ed. Yes, Chris. And again, it's a marvelous verse with a warning, but on the other hand, a very positive encouragement to Enjoy the Lord as everything to us. And we'll talk about this more as Brother Lee shares. All right, let's join Witness Lee then with this first portion. We have come to the concluding word of the uh, study 
of the history of the kings among Israel. What was there in the Old Testament was a typology, was a set of types. Then what is here in the New Testament is a complete fulfillment of that typology concerning God's economy. So you have to see the entire Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, are just a picture, firstly, of God's economy and a full definition and fulfillment of God's economy. If you want to know the Old Testament, you must come to New Testament definition. Because in Old Testament, you couldn't only see the pictures, new definition. Then, turn around. If you want to know the New Testament, you have to spend time to look all those pictures. Picture after pictures, right? Augustus, he said, the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is expressed in the New Testament. So these two sections are just on the same thing. Like today in education, the good lesson books always have pictures, right? Then definitions. This is a strong basic principle for you to understand the Bible. If you don't know this principle, you will just make mixtures, confusions of the Bible. Israel's history was not just a type of the entire church, but this is also a typology of God's economy. So it was a typology in the Old Testament. And it is a fulfillment in the New Testament. One is the picture, this one is the definition. So we have to look into it. Ed, I like this quote that he uh, reminded us of, of uh, Augustine, that the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament and the Old Testament is expressed in the New Testament. Bible scholars, I think, historically have acknowledged almost with unanimity that Israel is a type of the church, but pick up this point that the Old Testament is in type the whole of God's economy, not just the church. Yes, Chris, this is a marvelous realization to have. Firstly, that in the Old Testament, we have the typology concerning God's economy. Then in the New Testament, we have the reality of God's economy. And Chris, this verse that you read to introduce this section shows us what God's economy is, what happened to degrade the children of Israel away from God's economy, and how we as New Testament believers can stay in the enjoyment of God's economy. Now, when we use the word God's economy, Chris, there's a number of portions that use this word. I'll mention one in 1 Timothy 1, 4, 3 and 4. Paul charges Timothy... He says, I want you to charge certain ones not to teach differently than God's economy. The Greek word is oikonomia. Yeah. Oikos means house. Nomos means law or administration. 
So God's economy is his household administration to dispense himself in Christ as the Spirit into man with all of his riches so that man would contain him, be filled with him, be saturated with him, and that man would express him in this universe and be built up as the church, the body of Christ, be prepared to be the bride of Christ, and be consummated to be the new Jerusalem. This is God's economy. Now, how do we fulfill God's economy? Well, firstly, we have to come back to God as the fountain of living waters. We have to drink him. He is our source. He is the fountain of life. He is the fountain of living waters. So we always need to give him the first place, the preeminence in our being. This comes back to Revelation 2. You've left your first love. When we leave Christ as our first love, we give other things the first place in our life or in our heart. We have forsaken God as the fountain of living waters. That's the first evil. Mm-hmm. My people have committed two evils. The second evil is you hew out for yourself cisterns, broken cisterns that hold no water. You see, these are idols. What are idols? Anything that replaces God in your life, anything that you look to other than Christ, who is the very God, for satisfaction, becomes a broken cistern. And the water just runs out. We have a hymn, an old hymn, Chris. I tried the broken cisterns, Lord. Yeah. But ah, the waters failed. Even as I stooped to drink, they fled and mocked me as I wailed. Yeah. Anything we look to other than Christ for satisfaction is a broken cistern. But Chris, even right now, we can tell the Lord, Lord, I just return to you with my whole being. I want to give you the first place in my heart first place in my family life, in my career. I give you the first place in my whole life. I open my whole being. I like to drink you as the fountain of living waters. You see, in John 4, the Lord told that Samaritan woman, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall by no means thirst forever, but the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water gushing up into eternal life. So when we come to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I want to drink of you today. I open to you. Then he flows within us. He gushes up in us. He saturates us with himself. And that's unto eternal life. And the totality of the eternal life is the new Jerusalem. And the new Jerusalem is the bride of Christ. So you can see this accomplishes God's purpose, God's economy his plan to dispense himself into us as the fountain of living waters so that we're saturated with him, so that we express him as his bride, as his wife for eternity. Mm. So isn't this wonderful? This is wonderful. The picture in the Old Testament and the reality in the New Testament. Let's stay on that theme. You mentioned now a couple of times Revelation 2, the first epistle to the church in Ephesus, where they had left their first love and, and connected that marvelously here to this this verse in Jeremiah that we've been enjoying today. Let's come back to Revelation now, 2 and 3, because uh, we'll hear Witness Lee talk about that. In the last few programs, Ed, we have seen that as the kings continued to degrade and continued to fail God and lead his people farther and farther away, God's reaction was to raise up a group that would 
stand as a thin line maintaining God's testimony in his economy. And of course, these were the prophets, Elijah and Elisha and Isaiah and even Jeremiah. These were the the prophets whom are likened to the overcomers in Revelation 2 and 3 that we'll hear about in this coming portion. So let's join Witness Lee for that. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament ended in the overcomers. In typology, all the prophets were overcomers. In the Old Testament, the prophets took care of God's oracle, firstly. And based upon the oracle, they did exercise God's authority. Eventually, quite a number of kings just listened to the prophets. Even Nathan was authority over David. David was the king. Nathan was the prophet. Who listened to whom? Not Nathan listened to David, but David to Nathan. In this sense, Nathan was God's authority. So the prophets, everyone, the genuine prophets, were overcomers. Sure, you could see Daniel and his three friends, they were the overcomers. And this was fulfilled in the New Testament where? In Revelation. In Revelation, there was the last book. The Lord Jesus realized the church as a failure. A great failure, a complete failure. Just by the church itself, no hope. So in his seven epistle to the churches, he sounded the trumpet, the called overcomers. He that overcomes. He that overcomes. He said the same thing at the end of each of the seven epistles. So in one book, just in two chapters, the Lord repeated this word seven times. He overcomes. He overcomes. These overcomers are the fulfillment of the typology of the prophets. So the Apostle Paul talking how the church should meet, he stressed, uplifted, prophesying. Could you see this? To prophesy makes you an overcomer. And to prophesy is the function of the overcomers. Altogether, not a small thing. After all the failures, the Lord tried with Israel, Israel failed. The Lord tried with uh, the church, the church failed. So this forced the Lord to call out the overcomers. Ed, this is an astounding point. It's one that may be easy for a lot of people to sort of pass over, and I think it has been passed over, but the way he connected here, the prophets in the Old Testament to the overcomers uh, that are called forth in Revelation 2 and 3, that's our uh, dispensation. That's the, the New Testament church age, right, Ed, that the Lord is looking for the overcomers in this linkage between the prophets in the Old Testament and these uh, prophesying overcomers in the New is tremendous. You know, Chris, you and I, we've attended so many of uh, Brother Lee's meetings in person. And to me, this is new light. This is just tremendous. You look at the typology 
okay, the priesthood fails God. Right. And the priesthood is to support the kingship. The kings fail God. You know, both the kingship degraded, the priesthood degraded. So what happened? The prophets come in. So David falls as a king. Who's there? Nathan is there to correct him, to adjust him, mm-hmm. and to encourage him also right. to stay in God's economy. Well, Nathan was a real overcomer. Jeremiah was an overcomer. You look at all the prophets in the Old Testament, they are the overcomers. All the prophets were overcomers. The overcomers are the fulfillment of the typology of the prophets. Now, that brings us to us. Chris, we don't have a lot of time here, but I want all of our listeners to realize if you are a believer in Christ, you need to function as a prophet. Yeah, talk about what that means because it's widely misunderstood, I would say. Exactly, Chris. When we think of being a prophet, we think of merely predicting the future. But if you look in 1 Corinthians 14, and you look at the whole Bible in the Old Testament, the prophets did predict the future some, but mostly they spoke for the Lord. Right. They spoke forth the Lord. They revealed the Lord to people. They ministered Christ to people. So Paul's burden is 1 Corinthians 14 is to recover a proper church meeting where all the saints prophesy. So he says in 1 Corinthians 14, 31, you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Then in 1 Corinthians 14, 4b, he says he who prophesies builds up the church. That's a great thing. How can the church be built up? Well, I'll tell you how. It's when you and I are meeting together in our home or in a larger meeting. Maybe we're in a meeting hall and we've enjoyed something of Christ. We've touched Christ. We've seen something in the word. And then we share that portion of Christ with one another. When we do that, we dispense Christ into one another. Christ increases in us. And that increase of Christ within us is the building up of the church. Wow. And that's the functioning of the entire body of Christ. Then when we do that, Chris, we become prophets. We also become priests and kings. My. And we become the overcomers. But see, to prophesy, you have to live an overcoming life. You have to live a prophesying life, which probably is going to mention this in a portion to come. That's right. But the point is, is again, give the Lord the preeminence in your being. Give yourself to love him to enjoy him, to fellowship with him, to be in his word every day, to listen to this broadcast as much as you can, (laughs) and just enjoy the Lord. (laughs) Love him, contact him, stay in fellowship with other believers, and then speak him. And then you will be a prophet, and you will be an overcomer to turn this age. And it makes it not much now of a mystery why the enemy's tactic against the church for centuries has been to shut up the mouths of all the ones. Paul says, as you quoted, all can prophesy, but typically in the gatherings of the believers today, there's just one or two that do the speaking. And so the call to the overcomers is ringing out uh, in this age, isn't it? Exactly, Chris. And Chris, it's amazing. You know, when you first get saved or you get excited about the Lord, no one has to tell you to speak something. You want to share him with others. Wow. Well, that's normal. It's marvelous. By the Lord's mercy, We can testify that, you know, in the meetings we're in, we're endeavoring to overcome this. And it's not just one person speaking. We do need meetings where we have ministry meetings, you know. Of course. But we also need church meetings described in 1 Corinthians 14 where each one has something. 
Wow. And we present that. Then it's like a big feast where everyone brings a dish of Christ and the church is built up. Ed, we've got one more section to go and we'll see this connection developed even further and then hopefully we'll have at least a minute left to talk about it when we get back. Here's Witness Lee again. We all have to see the New Testament fulfillment of the typology of God's eternal economy. We all have to be a Nazarite. We all have to live a life like Jesus did on the earth, denying self, rejecting the flesh, taking the cross, that means bearing the cross, to be crucified every day. You are a person crucified to live, to live by another person, another life, which is the embodiment of the triune God, mingled with you. And this person is the resurrection. And this resurrection is the power. You have to live such a person. Then you are today's fulfillment of the typology of God's economy. They're saying, we must live a Christian life, which is the overcoming life, the life of overcomer. And all the overcomers of the New Testament are kings. Just like Romans 5, 17 says, much more those who have received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. God has given himself to us as grace. And this grace has a lot of abundance. And in the meantime, God has given us a gift. And this gift is God himself as righteousness. These two things were the issue in a life. Life to reign. Life to be kings. So I hope that you could hear this word. Let God bless you to make you an overcomer today. Living a life that is a life to reign. At that verse he was talking about, Romans 5, 17, says, For if by the offense of the one death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. That's the kingship, isn't it, Ed? And we see it linked to the uh, fulfillment in the Old Testament type of the prophets as the New Testament overcomers and the kingship, the priesthood, and the prophesying is all restored in God's economy. Unbelievable, isn't it? It is, Chris. And Chris, I want to emphasize, you read Romans five seventeen. these two words, much more. The Christian life should be a much more life. Though death reigned through the one, but much more those who receive. Every day we need to be the best receivers. So when we get up in the morning, we say, Lord Jesus, I open my entire being to you without reservation open to receive you as the abundance of grace. Grace is God in Christ for our enjoyment. Mm. So we give ourselves to enjoy him, to love him, to be filled with him. Not only that, we receive the abundance of the gift of righteousness. That means he's our righteousness. If we sin, we can confess. His blood cleanses us. 
He becomes our lived out righteousness. He's our enjoyment. Then we reign in life and we reign over Satan's sin and death. We get filled with Christ and then we become his prophets and we speak him into others. And then the church is built up. And then all of us are priests contacting God. Mm -hmm. All of us are kings reigning for God. And all of us are prophets speaking for God and speaking God into people. The church is built up. The bride is prepared. And the new Jerusalem is consummated. The Lord comes back. And hallelujah. We have an eternal radio program. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think we could possibly get this program closed on time, Ed, but we have done it by the Lord's mercy and grace. Hallelujah. Well, what a close, what a conclusion to the life study of First and Second Kings. And I'll give the listeners the toll-free numbers so they can find out how to get into printed messages. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening for this entire life study of First and Second Kings. For Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wilde. And again, thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. These Life Study messages show us that every book of the Bible reveal that enjoying Him in this way will bring us to the goal of our salvation. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.